What's up, everybody? It's Mindset Monday. I don't have an intro for these Mindset Mondays yet. I was going to make a new one, but decided not to. Whatever. Intros are useless. Let's get right to it. A chip on your shoulder. What does it mean to have a chip on your shoulder? For those of you who are non-native English speakers, this phrase probably makes no sense. And while native speakers, we've undoubtedly heard it before, some of us are probably still like, well, wait a minute. What? Why? Why do we? Why do we say that? Why do we say a chip on your shoulder? Because I've you know heard this phrase all my life, and I had no idea where it came from. But anyway, okay. For those of you who have not heard this term, a chip on your shoulder. What does it mean? Having a chip on your shoulder is per, I don't know, Wiktionary or whatever this is, a deeply ingrained grievance or feeling of resentment, often deriving from a sense of inferiority and often marked by aggressive behavior. Okay, now, aggressive behavior can mean many different things because I'm someone who have, I've had this inferiority complex and a chip on my shoulder, so to speak, in different ways, and I still have it in certain ways. And it's what guides a lot of my behavior. And now, my behavior, is it aggressive in terms of me going up and physically fighting people? No, but it's aggressive in other ways, right? And so what I want to do in this episode is talk a little bit about the pros and cons of this idea of having a chip on your shoulder, right? This deeply ingrained, this this feeling of resentment, right? It's essentially when you've been told by someone or society or even your own imaginary thoughts, which is probably the case for me and a lot of us a lot of times, that we are inferior, that we are not good enough. And then what do we do? We, it, it, it drives us. It fuels us. We do everything we can to try to show people, the world, and to show ourselves more than anything that we are not inferior and we are good enough for whatever it is. Essentially, we're trying to get revenge against these, the, these things that have told us we're not good enough. And keep in mind, that's really all life is about as human beings. It's all about perception, okay? It's all about the way we perceive ourselves in this world and, and the confidence that we have. And so, like, for me... I've had a chip on my shoulder in my life in, you know, in, in, in several different ways before. I mean, because of times where I felt inferior because I've been rejected on a professional level and on a personal level. And I don't like to go that much into the details because, you know, I would never know who, who would listen to this podcast. And I don't want to share a lot of details about people that may come back to bite me eventually. But the point is, I think a lot of times like, hmm. Is it good for me to have this chip on my shoulder? Some of us will say, yeah, it's a very positive thing. It drives us, right? It's what, you know, kind of wakes you up in the morning. It's like, oh, you know, the world still doesn't think I'm good enough. I'm going to show them, right? I'm going to go out there and do great things. It can be a very positive influence because we're not talking about, you know, going out. There's a difference between having a chip on your shoulder and wanting to make something positive of yourself and just, you know, being pissed off at the world uh, you know, and saying, oh, I want to go do something bad to other people. That's not what this is about. This is not about like wanting to do bad things to other people. This is about wanting to prove yourself. Okay. So on the one hand, it can be a very positive, powerful driver, right? It gives you that drive, that hunger. However, you know, as, as you read about it, of course, the, the negatives, the cons towards it are, well, you can kind of alienate people if you always have this attitude. Like, essentially, it's probably not good for your motivation, the thing that drives you to be something negative. Oh, this person said this about me or, you know, this, I wasn't good enough for this person or this thing or whatever. Like, theoretically, theoretically, in a perfect world, we should want our motives to all be out of positivity and love but it's not a perfect world. So fuck it. All right. So back to the chip on your shoulder, right? You know, one of the, the, the people, one of my inspirations, kind of my heroes that always was said to have a chip on his shoulder was Tom, is Tom Brady. 
Okay, famous NFL football player who now has more Super Bowls. I think he's got more Super Bowls than any quarterback. I think he's, what does he have, seven Super Bowl victories and a couple Super Bowl losses. But anyway, this guy was, you know, picked as the 199th pick in the draft, was passed over by many, many teams, including the San Francisco 49ers, which is an area he grew up in. He was a Niners fan. They passed up on him. Long story short, nobody wanted this guy because he wasn't seen as athletic enough to make it in the big leagues. They knew he was a smart player. They knew he had done great things at Michigan in college. Uh, he had you know, proven to be a great leader and to be able to just, just win a lot of big games for his team. But they didn't think that he had... Um, you know, they didn't think that he had all of the right talent and athleticism to make it in the pros. And story has it, it's not like I've ever met him in person, but story has it that he's always had that chip on his shoulder and he's always wanted to outwork people because of it. And now he's become probably the, you know, the, the goat, the greatest of all time in the NFL. And he's never stopped and he's still ball and he's still playing. He's like 40. What is he now? Like 45 at the time of this recording. And anyway, um, so Long story short, he's someone who's always had that chip on his shoulder from what we've heard, right? And so, like for me, you know, I th- I th- see, I think a lot of us, I think this may resonate with some of you, is, okay, like let's take the example of relationships because we've all been rejected or dumped or whatever at some point in our lives, okay? And this is something that's hit me really hard, okay? Hit me really, really hard being essentially dumped uh, in a situation not that long ago in my life. Like I said, I could give other examples about in my professional life, how I felt a chip on my shoulder, uh, and then in my personal life. But, you know, let's kind of go with this one example without giving too many details. So I was, I was dumped. I had been in a relationship for a long time. You know, this person left me, right? I was dumped. And, you know, when we're in those situations, when something like that happens to us, Sometimes we we even like make up imaginary reasons that the person left us or that we missed the opportunity, whether it's you got dumped or rejected or whether it's you didn't get hired for a job or even you got fired from a job. Sometimes we make up imaginary reasons in our head. Sometimes we get told things very directly about why it happened. And anyway, the point is then if you're you're anything like me, you really take those words to heart. Right. Like you, you really hear those, you know, those words. Some of them might even be stuff that you like, you, you change a little bit in your head. Like the person didn't even exactly mean this, but you take it to mean something. Anyway, the point is like when you get, when we get rejected, we take it really, really, really hard. If you're anything like me, we take it so personal, so personal. And this is kind of just like, maybe it's a flawed perspective. Maybe it's a flawed mindset, always seeing the negatives because a person could say, you know, 10 things about me, nine of them could be good things. And one of them could be a bad thing, but I'm going to remember the bad thing. Right. And so like when we get rejected or dumped or whatever, we're going to remember those things that the people said about us. Like if you ever get rejected, dumped, fired, whatever, and told you're not good enough, if you're given specific reasons why you're going to remember that. And what are you going to do? You're going to be really pissed off for a very short time. And then after that, you're going to use it. You're going to use what that person said as fuel to your fire right? Then you're going to say, all right, well, I'm going to show this person. This person didn't think that I was ambitious enough. This person didn't think this, blah, 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 blah. Now I'm going to go out and prove it. And part of it is just saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to do anything negative to you, to this other person. Like that's no, I'm not going to be like that. This is not, you know, payback or something like that. It's essentially, I'm going to prove it, right? I'm going to prove to you that you missed an opportunity. You shouldn't have left me. 
You shouldn't have rejected me, whether it's a person, a job, or whatever. I'm going to prove to you what you missed out on. And this driving force can really, really motivate us. Believe me, I'm a person who's been in this situation before. The issue becomes, with time, those feelings fade. With time, those feelings fade, especially because as human, as human beings, I believe it is in our nature to forgive as well, right? So like me, from the times that I've been rejected before, I now no longer feel anything like super personal towards those people who've rejected me as time, you know, as time goes on. And believe me, I have been rejected many times, both, you know, romantically and in, you know, professional settings. I've been rejected a lot in this life. I think we all have. And, you know, with time, the feelings fade. You know, you're really pissed off at that person. You're really resentful at the beginning. And the feelings fade. It's really easy in the beginning to feel this chip on our shoulder and to be motivated, to be driven every day. Then the feeling starts to fade. But... If we can create habits during that time, this is where I think it's useful, okay? If we can create habits during that period where we're really feeling that strong chip on our shoulder, we're really feeling those feelings of, you know, resentment, ingrained grievances, etc. If we can create habits that are sustainable in the long term and create changes that are going to be positive for us to essentially show them, to show the person who rejected us or the entity that rejected us that they missed out, they shouldn't have rejected us, this is when it can become a positive thing, okay? The hardest thing in this life is, you know, when it comes to motivation. Yeah, motivation, when you're motivated, it's easy to do something. When the motivation starts to fade, all of a sudden you're not doing it, okay? And we could have a longer discussion about motivation versus discipline and commitment and stuff like that. That's not exactly the point of this episode. The point is, when you've been, when you're in that mode where you really have a chip on your shoulder, create some of these habits, changes that you know you can stick with. And they should be positive. This is how we use it positively. It should be positive change. You're not looking to harm anyone else. You're just looking to level yourself up to say, all right, I got rejected. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what you rejected. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's funny because like, some of you might be listening to this and thinking, man, this guy is freaking psycho. This guy needs to just cool out and, you know, calm down and let's be a little bit more friendly with life. But see, for me, I just don't think that I'm ever going to reach like a level of maturity that's going to allow me to do that. And that's fine. I think part of it is just recognizing it. Like, I think we all have like a big inner child that's very immature. Like for me, a lot of this just stems like my inferiority complex stems from the fact that. I think it began in my teenage years when I wasn't uh, athletic enough in the sports that I wanted to play, particularly basketball. You know, my dad was a very good college basketball player, almost made it to the professionals. You know, he wanted me to be very good. I was smaller and not very athletic. You know, now I am pretty big and athletic, but I was smaller, not athletic at that time. Wasn't good enough to make it onto the teams I wanted to make it on. I just wasn't that good. I always had this inferiority complex as a teen. Okay? And most of it stemmed from, you know, sports and the other kids I was around. And, like, it, it just it sticks with me to this day, and that's why I'm so into fitness, right? That's why I'm trying to be as strong and physically fit and athletic as possible as a 33-year-old man, even when I'm not on a sports team, because the inferiority complex still drives me. And I would argue that there's positives to that. There's positives to being very strong and physically fit as a 33-year-old man. And it's something that I can use. See, we always we use our pain points. Okay, it was a pain point for me, and now I'm teaching people. Now I do personal training in my spare time. I'm teaching people this is how you get fit, this is how you get strong. We overcome those weaknesses. So I think it can all be positive if we use it the right way. I just, I really don't think that any of us, I don't know, maybe some people are more enlightened than I am, 
but I think it's really hard for a lot of us to lose that like kind of childish, like sore loser mentality. One of my favorite things, speaking of uh, football, <laughs> was uh, I remember it was, God, how many years ago was it when the Panthers with Cam Newton? Um, if you guys know football, you know Cam Newton. And when the Panthers, they played the Broncos in the Super Bowl and they just got crushed, right? Like Cam Newton, I think, was league MVP. He was like the best player in the league that year. And they got crushed in the Super Bowl. And he was just pouting after the game. He was he was really a sore loser in his interviews, everything, you know. And uh, he just goes, you know, I think his line was like, look, if you show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. Like anybody has a, who is a good loser, who is very nice when they lose, they're just a loser. You should be pissed off when you lose. I mean, I get the fact that sportsmanship is a thing, whatever. But like, I, I like that Cam Newton attitude, you know. It's like, all right, yeah. I lost. I'm pissed off. I'm not going to put on a smile for you. I don't need to answer your questions. I'm a sore loser. <laughs> I remember I just loved that. It was just it was just really refreshing in the stupid politically correct world that we live in where guys are supposed to be like, oh, we lost the game, but it's all okay. No, just be pissed off for a while and tell the media that you're pissed off, you know. And um, as it relates to, you know, as it relates to... I guess, okay, last, last little part of this, last example, is there's a book called The Four Agreements, Los Cuatro Acuerdos, by Miguel Ruiz, and it's a very popular book in Spanish. I know there's an English version of it. Uh, and anyway, it's essentially four, I was introduced to this book by multiple people last year at a very opportune time in my life. And, um, you know, of the four agreements, one of those agreements, it says, just don't take things personal. Like these are four things that you can do to make your life a lot better in a lot of ways, okay? And and to just have a better outlook and perspective on life. And I was recommended this book by three or four extremely wise people, let's put it that way. I read this book. It's a great book. It really is. The second agreement, I think it's, yeah, it's Acuerdo Numero Dos. I even have it written down. Second agreement is don't take things personally. Don't take things personally. And I remember I read that... Like, oh God, I mean, a bunch of times I thought stuff over. 2021 was a highly meditative, reflective year for me. Remember, I thought that over so many times. I'm like, yeah, just don't take things personal. Don't take things personal. And then as time passed, I was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't like that agreement. I'm still going to take things personal. I don't care. I'm taking everything personal. I'm keeping a chip on my shoulder when I want to. I like life better that way. I like being a sore loser like Cam Newton. I like having a chip on my shoulder like Tom Brady. Let's take stuff personal. Let's take it personally as long as we're not going to like do bad things to other people. If all you're doing with the chip on your shoulder or taking things personally and having this inferiority comp complex, if all you're doing is trying to better yourself and trying to prove other people wrong and prove to them that, you know what, I really am a great person or I really am talented, I really am capable, I really am ambitious, whatever. As long as you're not doing them any harm, then take shit personal, baby. Let's take it personal. Let's keep the chip on our shoulder. As you can tell, if you've listened to this whole episode, pros and cons, I'm much more into the pros of the inferiority complex and the chip on your shoulder. And yes, I do still take, take things personally. Maybe some of you, if you read that book, Los Cuatro Acuerdos, and if you choose to say, ah, you know what, that is much better to not take things personally. Maybe life is better that way, but I don't know. I'm going to keep taking things personally. It works for me, and I'm not doing anybody any harm, I don't think. 
and it's just kind of fun to be a sore loser. All right, that's all I got. That was Mindset Monday. Peace.